Welcome to the Engage Church Duluth podcast, where together we are learning to love God and people better. You'll find links, notes, and insights that go along with this episode at the link in our podcast description and on our website at engagechurchduluth.com. We are so glad you're joining us today. Thanks for coming out in weather and the storm, being here. I think God has something special for us today, um, as, he, as he always does. Last week we started a series, we, we started talking about um, not a fan or a fan versus a follower of Jesus. And it's, you know, it can be a little bit intense as we have this discussion, talk about this, but I think that's good once in a while. See, what we want to do here at Engage is that we want to, um, we want to uh, share God's grace with you, but we also want to share his truth. And so sometimes that grace, it's great, but we also need to hear truth so that we can move forward and, and be better tomorrow than we are today. Amen? And so that's what this is really about. So when we talk about a fan or a follower that you might kind of scratch your head, and really what that is, is by definition, fan is an enthusiastic admirer. Enthusiastic admirer. And what we're challenging ourselves to do in this uh, series, the next six weeks, is that we are challenging ourselves to take the leap from fan, this admirer, this, this person that likes the idea of Jesus, and become a follower. Start to see the, the life that he wants for us and, and commit ourselves to submit to what he wants for us. And so that's really what we're talking about. But um, we'll get there shortly. I just want to ask you guys, uh, maybe you've had this experience, maybe not, but any of you ever had uh, or have seen the car commercials that say, you know, come on down, anybody can buy this car, only to get there and find out that you have to have X, you know, score on your credit and 20% down that you don't have. You know, it's, it's just kind of this like false idea of like anybody can come down and buy this car. Maybe it's that credit card. It's like anybody can sign up, which credit cards are great at that. And then all of a sudden, you know, it looks like this great deal. Next thing you know, there's all these hidden fees and it just kind of keeps stacking up and stacking up. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's, um, You've seen this commercial for anybody can come down and get this, this cell phone, this deal on this cell phone, only to find out when you walk on down to AT&T or Verizon or wherever that may be, drive down there, that that only applies for certain customers, correct? I mean, we've all, we've all been a part of something like that. And it sure seems, it sure seems like when people say anyone or everyone, it really seems that that's not really what they mean. Uh, that's not really what they mean. It's, it's like there's a catch to it. There's, there's a, a, a catch to the deal. They didn't really mean anybody. And there's just always this kind of hidden fee or hidden agenda in there. And what's interesting about that is as we look at Luke 9.23, which is a, a verse that we're going to be looking at um, throughout this entire series, is that Jesus has, this is a really interesting invitation, but let's, let's, just, uh, let's just read that here. This is um, Luke 9, 23. It says, Then he said to them, he meaning Jesus, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Other versions say anyone instead of whoever. It says anyone who wants to be my follower. And, and when he makes this claim... 
you know, when he makes this promise, what he's really saying is he is giving an, an invitation to potential followers, and he is really saying whoever. He's really saying anyone. He, he really means anyone. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want, to, I want to sit on this verse. I want to sit on this verse, and I want to talk about what Jesus meant when he says anyone, when he says everyone, or when he says whoever. What he really means in there, because when we really figure that out, it'll shape our, it'll shape our lives, it'll shape our walk with him, it'll shape how we view him, how we view ourselves. It'll really shape like what we do in our day even, how we spend our day, how we spend our time with God, and it'll challenge us. And so the first thing that I want to talk about is the fact that anybody is welcome. Anybody is welcome. When Jesus says, anyone who wants to be my follower, anybody is welcome. Even though Jesus says, um, anyone is welcome to follow, many of us were kind of thinking, eh, yeah, but there's still kind of a catch to it, right? I mean, there's got to be. I understand it's Jesus, and, but there's just got to be some kind of catch. And the reality of it is, is there's not. I mean, that's the simple thing <laughs> to just say. There's not. There's no hidden fees behind Jesus' anyone. There's no, there's no catch behind Jesus' anyone. He literally means anyone. No hidden fees, no fine print. When Jesus says anyone, he means anyone. And when he says it in this particular story, in this setting, I'm talking, you know, when he was alive, when he was back there, the crowds must have, just by looking at his disciples, just by looking at his followers, his disciples just mean his closest friends, the people that are following him the closest. In this case, it was 12 men. The crowds must have looked at those disciples, the ones following him, and said, that guy means it. That guy definitely means when he says anyone who follows me, anyone, because of who they were looking at, and I'll get to that in a moment. When you think about this invitation, you have to understand the culture then. You have to understand the society that Jesus was living in. See, Jesus was a rabbi. A rabbi, that means that he was a teacher, and what rabbis did is they focused on the Bible, they focused on Scripture, and at that time it was the Torah. It was the first five books of the Bible. And they, they had very, um, a very in-depth knowledge about that. And as a rabbi, what you would have is you would have these groups of Talmids. Talmids, yes, it's a weird word. It really just means disciples or students. So if you find yourself being a student of Jesus, there you are. There's like this old word, you're a Talmud. Nobody will know what you're talking about, but there it is. And this group, this group of students, followers, Talmuds, it was an exclusive group to rabbis, not just Jesus. This is like rabbis in general then. It was a very exclusive group. Those who, um, those who um, didn't make the cut, because in this society... As students, as Talmuds, like to be a disciple, to follow a, a particular rabbi, this is actually something, believe it or not, it's, it's kind of tough in our culture to understand, but this was like the job. Like this is what you wanted. This is what you aspired to. And those who didn't make the cut, well, they just became kind of tradesmen. They would, they would pick up a skill that was maybe in their family for generations, and that was kind of like in their time, like the lesser things. So some would be fishermen, some would be uh, stonemakers, you know, like those type of things. They would just become tradesmen. 
And for those that wanted to, um, for those that wanted to follow like a certain rabbi, a certain rabbi, there was there was an application process, if you will. You know, there was this there was this um, prerequisite that you had to have. In other words, like if you're going to go right now, I don't know how many students are in here today, um, but if you were going to go and apply for Harvard, okay, there's prerequisites. Like you're not going to get into Harvard with anything less than like a 4.0. I'm, I'm assuming anyhow. I mean, I've never been to Harvard and all that. But, you know, you're, you're not going to get in there without a very high score on your SAT. There's these prerequisites. Like they're not even going to look at you if you don't have these things, right? And that's really what these Talmuds, these students of rabbis then, they, they had these prerequisites. You had to know the Torah very, very well. In fact, if you were following a rabbi, they would just come to you and they would say, you know what, um, I want you to recite Genesis to me right now. <laughs> you know, and you'd have to know the entire book. Imagine that. My goodness, that's, that's pretty wild, right? And, and, and then oftentimes they would ask questions like, you know, how many, how many different names for God is there in the Torah? And tell me about specifically where I can find those, things like that. Like, it was an intense process. There was this prerequisite. There was, there was just all kinds of, uh, of requirements to, to follow. And, and it was, it was a, difficult, a difficult road to follow, to follow a rabbi. But then Jesus comes in. Jesus comes in. And like he did pretty much his whole entire life, he totally switches the system. He throws it upside down, inside out, and all around. Because what he does is he, he throws out these prerequisites. And he says, if you want to follow me, anyone can follow me. It doesn't matter if you're well-educated or not. It doesn't matter where you've been or what your family line is or, or how well you know the Torah, whatever. Anyone can follow me. And he didn't just say that. He proved that by who he chose, fishermen. He chose uneducated people. He even chose tax collectors, which in that time, tax collectors were considered to be people that were somewhat traitors because they were Jewish people working for the Roman government and they would tax their own people. And for them to make money as a tax collector, you would give Caesar Caesar's, but you would also take a little for yourself. So if Caesar wanted $50 from this family and you needed to make money, you'd charge him 60 and you'd keep 10 for yourself. Tax collectors were very crooked. They were not liked at all because they were stealing from their own people. And Jesus goes after them. I want you guys to watch this video by Kyle Edelman and then I'll come back here. Anyone... Can follow now. Now, kind of imagine. Stay with me on this. You know, thinking about the students in Jesus's time and his culture and his society and where he was. And now imagine that people hear about this rabbi, this teacher, that is that is making this claim that anyone can follow, and he's picking people to follow him at random. People that just felt less and, and like that they, never, that they never had an opportunity to follow a rabbi were running to Jesus to hear from him, to see uh, what this rabbi was that was having all these people follow. And, and shortly after this, when he makes this claim, as they're looking at the people that he chose to follow him, his disciples, they, it starts to sink in. It starts to sink in a little bit that this idea that Anyone means anyone. And I just think that that's so exciting. So anyone 
means anyone, but it also means everyone. I know, it's like, whoa, okay, like, every, anyone also means everyone. I want to talk about that because the struggle, here's the struggle that we have. If we can just talk about the local church for one moment, the local believers, the, the gatherer of people, is we don't always buy into the idea that the church is for everyone. Follow me here because it's going to get a little bumpy. But I've, I've been excited to share this particular part. We kind of like church the way that it is, don't we? We kind of we like our thing. And, and by that, what happens is, and what I've seen time and time again in my life, I, I've grown up in the church, what happens is, is that we kind of like it to stay the same, whatever we think the same is, right? And, and, and soon, the same becomes a standard. And a standard, a standard becomes this kind of legalistic, hold people at an arm's length, deciding who can come and who can't. It just turns into that. It's very easy to get there. It comes, you know, the, the same to the standard to this legalistic, it really becomes the church, a gathering of people who Jesus said that they will know, the world will know that you're my disciples, you're my followers by how you love one another. It starts to be the same, a standard, a little bit legalistic, and then the prerequisites start to come in. Local churches start to decide who can come in the door, who can be a part of the fellowship, who can, who can do certain things in the church. And all of that stuff, hear me, that's not bad. There's some important parts of that. But in general, that's a dangerous place to be. And the reason that I bring that up and the reason that I talk about that is because it's an easy place to get to. And we can get there very fast. We can get there very fast. And I think when Jesus, and I think that Jesus knew that, and that's why he knew how easy it would for us to get to this prerequisite type of following him, type of fan, and be able to, and, and how easy that would be. And that's why he reminds us in Luke 9:23 that there shouldn't be any prerequisites. When he says, whoever, anyone, anyone means everyone. I love that because Jesus does away with these prerequisites. Jesus doesn't say, hear me. He doesn't say, comb your hair, dress a certain way, act a certain way, get the right friends, and then you'll be good enough. He says, anyone can follow me right now. Some of us have the stench of our sin from last night, from this morning. Some of us are carrying that. And he says, you're welcome. You're welcome to follow me. A, a lot of us, we, we don't understand. Some of us that have been in church for many, many years, we don't understand how hard and difficult it is to walk through those doors, even in a, in a setting like this, that's not the stained glass and, and you know, kind of, let's call it like grandma's church, right? Or the church that I grew up in, which, by the way, are reaching many people around the world, and we applaud them. But, but even a setting like this, it's hard to walk in because it's not about what this is. It's not about the music and that somebody's going to shake your hand or whatever. It's the fact that you're coming in front of Jesus and you know who you are. And it's a scary thing. And when local churches have this prerequisite of who's allowed in the door, they're not embracive, they're not welcoming, they're not shaking hands, they don't even look like they're enjoying life, how many people are going to follow Jesus? That's a responsibility that we have. 
We turn people off before they even have an opportunity. And that's why I'm so passionate about that. As a local church, we have to be people that embrace everybody. We get so scared that that means that we're saying we accept every sin that's out there and that we support that. We don't. We trust the Holy Spirit as people decide to follow Jesus will change people from the inside out. And we are simply people here to point people to that love, that Holy Spirit, and the one who ultimately changes. It's so interesting to me that when you look at Peter, people, Peter followed Jesus for years. And you know, he didn't get it right until Jesus ascended, showed himself the resurrected Jesus. He still was a sinner. He still was foolish. He still uh, denied Jesus. He did those things. But yet in a church setting, oftentimes we think that people, you know, they've been here for a month or two and they're still kind of struggling. And then we feel like we're the ones that have to point that out and change them. Instead of allowing God to be God, the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit and just loving them to where God wants. Ultimately, what that really means is something that I say often, is Jesus loves you right where you're at, but he doesn't want to leave you where you're at. There is a time where you have to say to yourself, am I a fan? Do I just like the idea of this Jesus or am I a follower? Am I going to follow this rabbi? Am I going to follow his teaching? We all have to do that. What I'm saying is that's something that we need to look into our own selves and spend more time looking at us and deciding are we fan or follower than looking at the person next to us or in the back. Okay, now I'm off my soapbox, sorry. That was a little soapboxy right there. But it's good stuff. Prerequisites. What Jesus said when anybody, what I love about this, now here comes the truth. There's the grace. There's the grace is that anybody's welcome and, and, and we embrace everybody. That's the grace. If you're in here and you feel lost, if you feel alone, if you feel shamed, know that Jesus is calling you. He's talking to you in following him. And, and at this local church, you're welcome here. We embrace you. We love you where you're at and we mean that. But when Jesus said anyone, he said the grace of that, that it quite honestly means anyone. And so he eliminated any opportunity, he eliminated every prerequisite that you need to have. That's something that's awesome. We should all be like, yes, because most of us cannot live up to the prerequisites, right? I know I can't. But now here comes the truth. As he eliminated prerequisites, he also eliminated excuses, he eliminated, if there's no prerequisite to follow Jesus, if anybody can, if his grace is real and he is who he said he was, if he died on the cross and he rose again and he takes away all those prerequisites, says anybody, anybody can follow me. There's no application process. There's no prerequisites. There's no qualifications. Anybody. Then there's no excuse not to follow. And that's where some of us would maybe get hit a little bit today. He takes away the Excuses. So if there's no qualifications, that means no excuses. When Jesus invites anyone to follow him, he doesn't just break the barriers. I wrote this down because I, like I, I really like this point. He doesn't just break down the barriers that keep so many people from learning about God. Right? He doesn't just break down the fact that anybody can come to him, that, you know, if you didn't grow up in a certain household or if you, if, you don't, uh, if you don't know scripture, then you really can't follow. He breaks all those barriers down so you're good. Right where you're at. 
But what he also does is he also gets rid of all the excuses that different people have. So now what that means is the tradesman, right? The tradesman has no excuse for not following the rabbi. It's not that, oh, I didn't make the application process. I didn't live up to the prerequisites. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. It's the single parent that feels alone and and struggles and says, I just don't have time. There's no excuse for that anymore because he's broken all those barriers down. So my question is, and this, this is, this is uh, uh, kind of going to sound harsh because the word excuse, I think we naturally kind of, you know, it's kind of like discipline, like we just hear that a different way. But the question just to ask yourself, no hands raising, no yelling out, is what's your excuse been? What's your excuse been? Because Jesus is breaking that barrier down. He wants you. And so many of us, I've been, I kind of thought of like two areas where I really think that this is strong in, in our lives. One is, is that many of us, we've just been too busy or we think we're too busy. You know, the, the barrier really and the excuse has been like, I'm just too busy to have this relationship with Jesus. I mean, I know he wants me that we just feel like when that starts to change, then we'll start to work more on our relationship with Jesus. Some of us, we, we just feel like our kids need that attention right now. And that's really been our excuse. I mean, there's, there's many things here. Times have been tough, so I had to get a second job. There's many of the things that, that we put up as excuses. Another one would be is, um, so some of us were just in that spot. These are kind of two areas that I see being the, the biggest kind of struggle, is that we think we're too busy or we're making ourselves too busy. And the other one would be is that, Pastor, you just don't realize, like, I have this past. And I'm bringing all this baggage. I'm bringing this baggage of, you know, I have this past of, of this pride that I've had in my life. I'm not proud of this, but I have this past of greed and and I'm struggling because I was divorced and I just don't know what that means. And you're weighing yourself down over things that you've been forgiven for and there's grace for. This bankruptcy that I've had, this addiction, I I come from a broken family. And and, And the thing about that is it's easy to hide behind those excuses because there's nobody Nobody that really wants to argue with somebody, of course not, that's been through tragedy, loss. It's an easy thing to kind of hide behind and just stay behind there and have that be your wall of building this relationship with Jesus. But Jesus got rid of all those excuses when he says anybody. He says, listen, you're not getting this. Anybody is welcome to have a relationship with me. And anybody means everybody. Ex-con. That's anybody. I have a sexual past that I'm not proud of. Anybody can follow. I have this addiction that I'm dealing with. I'm kind of hypocritical. Anybody can follow. And something that I talk against uh, or, or I say enough things against that I want people to understand there's grace in this too. It kind of triggered when I was writing this message. Maybe you are that person that has a little bit of a legalistic bent. And guess what? That means anybody. You can change. 
you can follow Jesus. And I know that, that is, that's hard for some of us. There's things, honestly, that I have a tough time because of the way that I was brought up and, and the things that I've been taught and just kind of my experience. So I understand that. And oftentimes I just, I felt like I needed to take a moment on that for a second, just from my point of view, is that I point that out a lot. But I do want you to understand that there's grace in that too. And even when you read scripture and you hear Jesus talk to that spirit, like the, the Pharisee spirit, the, the legalistic, the fundamental, the reason that he's so hard on those people is because he wants them to get it. He loves them dearly. It's not that he's writing them off. He wants anybody to follow. He's eliminated. He's eliminated. Eliminated the excuses. And so this is where I want to ask you the question. This is where the rubber meets the road. Is are you a fan or are you a follower? Do you just like the idea of Jesus and, and that's been going really good for you? And maybe you've even had that like goosebump of a moment where you've realized that you're forgiven and that like excited you and it's excelled you on for years maybe even. Or are you a follower? Because here's the deal, a fan, a fan does not know how to handle everybody. What I mean is they don't, fans don't know how to handle, follow me on this because we're going to go even onto the follower here, but fans don't know how to handle the person with the sexual past. Fans don't know how to handle the addict. Fans don't know how to handle the person that's hurting because of divorce. Fans don't know how to handle people that struggle in parenting and financing. And here's the thing about the fan. The fan doesn't really want to know those people. They want to put up the blinders and just be like, okay, I'm kind of in my box, I'm in my world, and I want it to be what I want it to be. I don't want to deal with the messiness. But now here's the truth. The follower doesn't know how to handle those people. You hear me? The, the follower doesn't know how to handle the addicts. The sexually impure, the ones that have gone through divorce, the ones that are struggling in their marriage, the, the finances. You want to know how I know that? Because I am ready and willing and I have, to, I have to deny myself daily and follow Jesus. And I will tell you, I am in over my head all the time in conversations. I'm way over my head. I'm out of my pay grade, if you will, whatever you want to say, right? Followers don't know either, but here's the thing. A follower is willing to listen. A follower is willing to hear from a broken sinner, broken person, and still embrace them and welcome them into their life. That's what a follower is willing to do. That's the point. Life is messy. We are all messy people. And that's why I'm so grateful that God's word says that we all fall short. And even while we were all sinners and enemies of his, that he still died for us. I love verses like that. As, as a follower, it doesn't, it doesn't change anything that you're going to be able to be this, you know, person that can just quote scripture after scripture. I mean, after a while and you get in here, maybe, yeah. It doesn't mean that you're going to have the answer to everything. For me as a follower, it doesn't mean that I'm going to know how to lead every person that walks into our church or a team of people to keep bringing this forward. That's why I rely on him. And I surround myself with people that have been down the road farther and, quite frankly, people that know how to do things better than me here right now. We don't always 
know how to handle everybody, but we are willing to. You see the difference? So the question is, are you a fan or are you a follower? Are you a fan or are you a follower? You know, uh, the Talmuds, they literally would follow so close to the rabbi. Like if the rabbi went to the store, Talmuds were right behind him. If the rabbi went to the lake, Talmuds were right behind him. Students were right behind him. They literally would follow so close that they would get dusty from the dust that their sandals were kicking up, for real. I don't know about you, I don't really want to follow anybody that close behind for many, many reasons, but this is what they would do. That was their culture. Okay, they, they would follow behind and they would, they would watch, they would be so attentive of, of what the teacher was doing. And what's so interesting about that is that rabbis were so particular in who they chose. They were so particular because if you, had, if you were just kind of had a reputation of just kind of anybody could come and, and you just, you know, it was kind of people that weren't doing a great job, then that would look bad on you. They wanted students that were excellent because then that meant the teacher was excellent. And Jesus said, I don't, I don't care about that reputation. He shot that right out of the water. He says, anybody, the fisherman, the tax collector, the single mom, the depressed, the hurting, the ones that are in sin right now, follow me. You have a chance to follow the greatest teacher in history. <clears throat> the greatest rabbi to ever live, ever will be. He's inviting you to be a student of his. And what do you do when the ball's in your court that way, right? He, he took down all the barriers. Qualifications, boom, out. If you thought there was, now you know there's not. In that simple 30-minute message, there's no qualifications. Anyone means everyone. But he also took out the excuses. And so now the ball's in your court. And what do you do with that? The next steps I would say for some, uh, the next steps for some would be just to commit. As simple as this, I, I, I like steps that are easy. Baby steps are very powerful. You have to understand that. I'm a person, I talk to my wife about this all the time. I, I just do not, I, I'm actually reading a book right now called Plan Tomorrow Today. And this is a little tangent here, but they talk about that your capacity in your brain for any one person is to have seven things on their mind that, that they actually can like kind of do at the same time. I promise you, I can maybe do two. Maybe. Like, I, I am not the multitasker at all. I get overwhelmed. Like, I just freeze. If I have too much going on, I just don't do anything at all, which is most days when I'm at home. I just sit on the couch. I got too much to do. No, that's another sermon there. But the thing is, is that baby steps are powerful. And, and if you can just take a step forward, there's, there's no, like, if you're taking a step towards Jesus today, if you're realizing that anyone can follow and you're saying, you know what, I, I know enough right there to say I want to move forward, don't feel like that means that you have to, to pick this up and, and know every word or be able to quote everything in it. Maybe that's just committing yourself to opening this up once a day and reading something out of it. You don't have to understand everything. That's why you have a local church here. Maybe your, maybe your baby step 
is just committing to come here and, and give us another opportunity to tell you about this Jesus that, that is open to anybody following him. Now we have a, a new couple, um, Andy and Levi, and they are taking over uh, like our grow groups, they're coordinating that, they're going to make it, I mean, it's just awesome. I'm super excited about this because we have some leadership coming out. And, and they're going to be talking to people throughout the summer. We're going to have great opportunities for connection. And so maybe that's for you, is to be connected into groups outside of Sunday and learn a little bit more and just kind of get to know people. Maybe it's to get engaged in what we're doing here on a Sunday morning. Maybe you just want to take that step closer to Christ by, by serving and setting up some chairs or helping Sarah with the, the setting the camera up or helping me with technical things on mics. Apparently two weeks in a row I don't know how to do mic stuff. So whatever that is, we have plenty of places to plug you in. You know, there was a couple people, uh, a few people actually last week that, that they ended up writing their number down and they said, I, I want you to call me, Pastor. Maybe that's your first step, is just writing your name down and, and saying, please call me. I want to talk to you about what this follower means. I feel like I'm a little bit of a fan here and I want to know. Whatever that is, baby steps are powerful. That's my thing. That's what I'm getting at here. Take a step. Take a step. Fans don't really want to get to know those people. Fans just kind of want to admire Jesus and say, yep, that's a good idea, and I'll even throw a bumper sticker, maybe get myself tatted on the arm. But followers say, I want to know what it's like to taste that dust of Jesus. I want to walk behind him. I want to follow him. I want to know what life could be like if I followed that closely. Would you guys pray with me? After we're done praying, uh, we are going to take communion here today, and so I just ask that you Stay seated for a moment, and I'll talk to you about that. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for this message. We thank you that um, you are a God that is graceful. We thank you that you love us where we're at, but you don't want to leave us where we're at, that you challenge us to be better because that's ultimately what we want. So we want to just get better. We want to know you more. And Lord, today we just ask that you help us. Help us with that next step. Help that feel organic and not something that's kind of robotic. Just help it feel like it's, it's more natural, whether that's to give the pastor a call or talk to somebody in your local church or come next Sunday just to, to learn a little more and walk a little closer. Whatever that looks like, Lord, I pray the courage, the ones online too, that you would just put something around them that they could take another step closer to you. It is amazing that the God that died for our sins, that gives us full forgiveness, also wants to be our friend, wants to live life with us. The, the things that we've been handling on our own, he says, why? Let me show you how to walk through that. It's not going to be easy. You still have to walk through it, but I want to be with you. I don't want you to be alone. I thank you, Jesus, that you're that kind of Jesus. We just love who you are. We thank you what you're doing with this local church and the people who are here. Because that's what matters, is reaching more people for you, Jesus. Pray that their hearts would be open and that they would find a way to draw closer to you. Today, this week 
in this year. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Engage Church Duluth podcast. If you enjoy learning with us and want to be notified when a new episode drops, subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and help us get the word out by rating us there. And then share us on social media with all of your friends. And don't forget, you can find more resources on our website and even watch the video version of this message. We can't wait to connect with you again next week.